Why do bad things happen even to good people? What is the secret hidden benefit in challenging situations? Is there one? And how can we benefit from dark times and emerge stronger, clearer, wiser than ever before? In today's episode, we are exploring resurrection. How to rise into the light, revive ourselves, no matter how dark the hole we may have fallen into. Darkness is merely an absence of light. And really, it's an invitation, a beckoning to us to return to greater light in ourselves and in our lives than we've ever experienced. And so, how do we receive this invitation? What is the gift in the darkness? What is the message? How do we discover it and rise and experience the expansion of our light in this world. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Many blessings. Welcome. So we're going to be diving into this really essential experience because we live in a world where there's all sorts of strange and wondrous things happening and all of us at one time or another, maybe in the past, maybe in the present, maybe in the future, we'll go through challenging times. And how can we benefit from that? How can we learn from that? How can we find the secret that is contained inside of it? This is such an important thing. And as time goes on in the world, there's all sorts of crazy things happening and there'll probably be more of them if we're radically honest about it. So what can we do about this? I remember one time when I was about 15 years ago, I came into a spiritual awakening when I was 18 in 1997. And I had many, many years of beautiful spiritual highs and flying stage and everything was great. And then I finished college and I went to India to figure out what to do next. So I spent six months in India, spending time with some of the greatest teachers in the world and had all these wonderful ideas and inspirations and I was feeling fantastic. And then I flew back to England where I was living with all this energy and enthusiasm and I felt great. And I discovered on my return that the woman who was very close to me, who I had a lot of love for, was now with my best friend. So I felt immediate heartbreak. And all these inspirations that I had, I realized that I was all on my own, that my spiritual community had sort of gone on a different path. So I felt my personal relationships had fallen to pieces. My spiritual connections had fallen to pieces. I realized I also didn't have any money. So from being on this beautiful high, I fell down deep, deep, deep into a dark pit of despair. And it got so bad that I remember I couldn't do any meditation. I spent most of my time lying on the floor, on the wooden floor in 
deep, terrible agony. And nothing I did could get me out of it. And maybe you can relate to this when you're in a really, really dark place and it almost seems like nothing you do makes any difference. And this went on for months. I could barely eat anything. And it was so bad that I was beginning to wonder if I wanted to stay alive. It was the most dark time in my life. And one day I got the inspiration just to get up and walk down to the park. So I walked out the house and I lay down in a field. And I remember speaking to God saying, please help me because I don't know what to do. Everything's falling apart. I don't seem to have any help. And I just lay there and I surrendered and I surrendered and I let go and I let go and I let go. And slowly there was this feeling of release and lightness coming. And as I kept letting go and surrendering everything, all of a sudden there was this huge shift the clouds parted, literally, the sun, the sun came down. I felt this massive power come into me, huge power came into me all of a sudden. And all that pain just sort of disappeared. And I had this wonderful inspiration that I need to stop being a victim. I need to get up off my knees and really do the things that I need to do that I've been putting off and stop having expectations of other people and stop blaming it on other people. And I had all this power come up. So I jumped up, I ran home. I created a vision board of what I wanted to experience. And I committed myself wholeheartedly, deep in my heart to practice, 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 to do more meditation, to let go, to focus on what I wanted. And about three months later, I had received a miraculous invitation to move to Hawaii from this gray, dark place in England. Three months later, I was sitting on a beach on the beautiful Hawaiian islands, drinking coconuts <laughs> on a tropical island with a completely new life, with new people and new experiences. And my whole life changed radically after that moment. And this is just an example of what happens. We can get into this deep pit, but when we really get the message, and what I realized the message for me was I needed to stop blaming and complaining and having expectations of other people, and I needed to take a new path. Life was trying to help me move in a beautiful new direction, and it took me three months of terrible, terrible agony before I finally got the message. So what happens in life is that there are always messages happening. There's always a message. Every single moment of our life, we're receiving messages from the universe and from ourselves and from beyond. And the secret for us is to be able to discern what those messages are and what we need to do differently. And when we do, then all sorts of beautiful things start to occur. A whole new life opens, whole new doors open up. 
So this is what we're going to be diving into more today. What is going on? How does this work? And how can we really get those messages as quickly as possible so we're not suffering too long unnecessarily? Such an amazing story. And it's so amazing to see how, wow, like what a profound gift in the darkness. If that darkness didn't occur that Michael went through, Oh my gosh, can't even imagine because everything you've created, the businesses you've started, the service that's been done, like that all came out of resurrecting that darkness into the light. One of my favorite, this is by the way, maybe my favorite topic of all times, you know, how do we rise out of the darkness? And something that had come to my mind a few weeks ago was the pain is only equal to the amount of light returning. So as dark as it is, as painful as it is, there's that much light that wants to come through or more, that much. And what a profound shift in perspective. As I was tuning into a story I can share with you, it's just going to flow spontaneously because I wasn't sure exactly. But I'll start to share. So I've, I know what it's like to fall into some very, very dark holes. And I know what it's like to not mean to fall into those holes. And it's almost like as you're falling, it's in slow motion, but you can't quite catch yourself. And so I've come into some very painful, challenging places. It's typically been connected to my health. And coming to those places where even though I keep trying to have hope and I keep trying to find ways to heal and I've seen practitioners of all different walks of life and all different modalities and, and this and that and the other and still not seeing change, still not seeing results and, and coming to that place of, of despair really, I think that's a good word. And what I've found in these descents into the darkness, which interestingly I was reflecting kind of happened around when I was 11, when I was about 22, and then when I was about 33. It's interesting because a lot of times these cycles of darkness will repeat until sometimes they're really big cycles and maybe we've healed some of it, but they can tend to repeat until we've really got the full, the full healing. And what I found on the last round at 33, and it's a significant number because Jesus did his teachings when he was 33. So I think there, there can be an energy of resurrection in that number. Is, and each time progressively, I would just have to surrender to greater and greater and greater depths. And I thought I had been surrendering at great depths. 
it's what the it's like connected to the work I do and the things we share about. But I got to a point where things were just getting worse and worse, no matter no matter what I seemed to do, and I had to completely surrender to whatever it is that one wants me to do. And so that shift, it's, it's very subtle, but it's this inner reorientation. This is my story, at least, of turning all control over to the one, over to the divine, to God. And just being open to whatever's next, even if that meant not being here. You know, I think we have to get to a point too when we're in these dark places where we have to be okay with dying. We have to be okay with with leaving. I have a friend who went through very severe, fast-growing cancer. He had to be okay with it. Because if you're not okay with letting everything go, including your own body, then you can't really get to that full place of surrender. That full place of, I am surrender to the highest good for all. If I'm meant to be here, what is it that my life force is meant to be doing? And I found that as we get to that place, something shifts. And it might happen subtly. It might happen subtly over time. But we keep coming back to that arms open, palms up, I surrender. Use me as an instrument. What is it I'm here to do? What is life asking of me? What is the calling? What is the invitation? And being open. And from that place, I found we are lifted into the light. It doesn't mean that all of the darkness goes away. It doesn't mean if it's a health thing, all the symptoms go away. It doesn't mean the challenges completely disappear, but it means that your orientation towards life and the support that you depend upon is divine, alone. And I will promise you that as you experiment with this, (laughs) you will see miracles you will see miracles and support will come in. So you have to be open to receive support will come in to help you to support whatever it is you're really meant to be doing and you help receive and you remember who the true support is. And, and then the rest, the rest is history. You don't, you don't necessarily know where you're going to be led or how it's going to unfold, but you trust And so oftentimes these experiences of the darkness are invitations to our trust, to our faith and to our alignment. Because if we're not aligned with ourselves, if we're not aligned with life and with the highest good, these, these challenges, these darkness, this darkness will come to nudge us initially nudge us and then eventually full throttle push us with full force into whatever it is we need to be doing and by that surrender we are we are resurrected so 
That's part of the story. <laughs> the the significant essence of the story that I hope each of you can can tune in with for yourself. So what is life teaching you? What are the lessons? What lessons is life trying to deliver? It's a very deep thing to stop and listen and notice what is life saying. Very deep. And what you've probably seen is that oftentimes we can feel something is a bit off but we may or may not notice or pay attention at that moment because there are levels of life's messages. We're meant to be aligned, aligned with the universe, aligned with ourselves, aligned with God, with a higher power. Each of us has our own dharma, our own purpose. And when we're aligned with it, we feel supremely blessed. We have all that wonderful good vibrations coming to us and things line up very beautifully for us. And even if it's challenging, we still can deal with it. When we get pulled off of our highest path, it happens very subtly in most cases at the beginning. So we might get pulled off, we might notice something's a little bit off. But if we carry on in that direction anyway, without noticing it, it goes to the next level where we may feel even more strongly something's off or we might hear things in our mind telling us, you know, what is going on, you need to pay attention. If we don't get it at that level, it goes to the next level where other people in our life will start saying things to us and we may still ignore them. Then it gets even more severe. We get more people and more situations. It might be health issues. If we ignore that, it goes to the even higher level. And this is where we might get major health issues. We might get some like interventions, accidents. Sometimes in it, people it might be um, the police come and get them, you know, in an extreme ca- case. So there's higher and higher and higher levels. And when it reaches these extreme levels, then we got no choice. We have to pay attention. But the secret is, can we learn to trust things at a smaller scale to realign as we go? This is a very, very subtle thing, and it requires for us to stop. Stop and listen. This is one of the beautiful benefits of meditation is to stop and just notice what's arising. Just notice what's coming up. We've been getting up for meditation, doing a lot of meditation for years and years and years. And sometimes people say that they don't like meditation because their mind's all over the place and there's all this stuff going on. But actually all that stuff, even if it is unpleasant, even if there's a lot happening, If we write it down, if we pay attention to it, there are messages, secret messages in all these things. 
it's not random what we're thinking about, what we're feeling. There's a reason for everything. So the more we can understand the message, pain has a message. So for example, if you put your hand in fire, what's going to happen? Yeah, put your hand in a, in a candle, you know, a little bit, it's not a big deal. If you put it right in and hold it there, you'll, you'll go, ah, and you'll burn your finger. So pain is trying to tell us, take the hand away from the flame. That's a physical thing. That's why we have pain receptors. People who don't have pain receptors, leprosy removes the pain receptors, and that's why lepers lose their fingers because they can't tell they're hurting themselves. So we need pain to be able to deliver messages to us. And if we can get the message and move our hand away quickly, then we don't need to experience the pain. But if we don't get the message, then it has to become more and more and more severe. So one of the most beautiful things we can do, this is like self-compassion, deep self-compassion, is to listen to the messages that we're getting. I'll give a story about this, just a practical story. I'm, when, when I was in Hawaii, I set up my own business and I didn't really know what I was doing at the beginning. And I used to rely on sort of wonders and miracles to have money. We were actually talking to someone yesterday who said something that I used to say myself. And she was like, I have no idea where the money's going to come from, but I'm just going to trust that it's going to be all right. But you could tell she was a bit stressed out about it because after a while, if you're always relying on miracles and wonders to get enough money to pay your bills and pay your rent, it starts to get a bit stressful. You know, initially it can be fun, but then it... <laughs> so I remember this one time I realized that if I didn't, I didn't have any money in the bank. And if I didn't get, I think it was like $2,000 in the next 15 days, then I would lose my house. And it started freaking me out, I have to admit, because I didn't really want to be out on the streets. I quite liked my house. And that that pain, that's kind of like one we were talking about, that's like a higher level pain to be kicked out of your house. So initially, I tried to just let go, let go, let go, and to sort of do meditation and just trust in the magic. But nothing was happening. Then I started asking, what is life trying to tell me? What do I need to learn? And one day I went to the beach and I went into the ocean and I lay down and I surrendered and I said, I don't know what I am trying to need to learn, but I'm open to learn the lesson. So I lay there in the ocean, the sun, and all of a sudden I got this message, you need to become financially literate. You've got to get it together. This You can't just be relying on this stuff. So I swam back to the beach, went back to my house, and I checked my email, and there was a message there from some marketing person who explained that, look, you need to have a system in your business that you can reliably have money. And I've been getting these messages for a long time and I just ignored them all. But I noticed that. And once 
I took that step of actually being responsible adult <laughs> and taking money seriously and really claiming that I need to have the capacity and the mastery to generate wealth. Once I got that message, all of a sudden, lots of money started coming, lots of things started changing, and I've never had any problem with money ever since. That lesson, that took, that took me being right on the edge of losing my house before I got that message. I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced something like that, but this is this is how life works, whether it's physical health challenges, financial challenges, relationship problems, health issues, whatever it is. What is the message and what do we need to do about it? Right. So it's like it starts often in whispers, but again, it gets gets louder and louder and it is what it is. I mean, we'll we'll respond on the cue that that we're ready to, you know. And I, it, there's there it everything's perfect. The unfolding of our journeys, um, but over time, I think we become wise to really listen to the more and more subtle whispers. And again, like Michael said, meditation's so profound for that. And this meditation practice that we share, we share in our guided meditations on Insight Timer, we share on Spiritual Recharge, is all about connecting with that higher power and taking in that light because that opens our intellect, our buddhi, our third eye, so that we can see so that we can recognize the subtle cues. Because if that's closed, we can't always see. We can't always see the signs. We can't always recognize them. So our spiritual endeavor and our meditation is so significant and such a, a profound aspect of being able to recognize the signs and the messages. Because the darkness and the challenges are seeking to be returned to the light. They're coming with a message. These challenges, they're saying, please heal me. They're saying, please heal what I represent in consciousness. I fully believe every illness, uh, every challenge, there's significance. It's not random. There's a very specific message unique to each of us. Each of us will have different experiences, will have different challenges. People who deal with illnesses, it will, it will be different. It will be very specific. It's not random. And there's a very, a very deliberate message in consciousness there. Yes. You know, in India, there's a fascinating word, vinash, vinash, vinash forces, which means destructive forces that are specifically designed for each of us to break us out 
of something that's bad for us. Vinash forces. And so, for example, let's say I'm eating some food and I'm having some health issues as a result of that food. I might like that food. I might might be my favorite food. But Vinash forces will keep coming and attacking me until I finally say, you know what, I need to stop having this. Kind of like you're a thousand mangoes in India. Yeah, when I was was in India, that before I came back to England and had a major breakdown, um, I like mangoes. Does anyone else like mangoes? India has the best mangoes in the world because they come from India. And every two weeks they have new mangoes, like a whole five new varieties. It's just incredible. So I, I went during mango season and I had like literally mangoes three times a day for six months, pretty much. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they're so good and they keep different types. And As your meals. As my, well, I mean, I had other things, but, but um, I did eat a lot of mango. I think I had a thousand mangoes total, which I added them up. And um, just, uh, I don't know. It was fun and games. But at, at the very end, as I was about to leave and go back to England, I got really, really sick. And I remember lying on my bed. Couldn't, I couldn't get up. I had to get on a plane in, in like a day, and I literally couldn't get out of bed. I had this huge headache, and I couldn't move. And I had to surrender, 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 surrender. It was actually very useful. I have a meditation on Insight Timer called um, pain relief or something about pain relief. I learned the method from that severe pain. I was in so much pain, couldn't move. And, but I found this place of peace where I could watch the pain and the illness from a distance. So it was still there, but I felt like I was over here, completely in peace. And that experience has been extremely useful to me for any other sort of pain that I've had to experience that. And after I stayed there long enough, the pain disappeared and I was able to get out of bed and get things ready and go to the airport. And by the time I got back to England, I was fine, luckily. But uh, I did learn that um, eating a thousand mangoes is probably a bad idea. Yeah, so as we recognize the lesson, the invitation, and really as we open ourselves to that, because it may not be immediately clear. Sometimes it's not meant to be immediately clear. But if we have a willingness and openness to know, and like Michael shared in his first story, I certainly had to move through this too, as we are willing to exit victim consciousness, and open to what is the message? What is life teaching me? What do I need to learn? What do I need to change? With love, with love. It's okay, it's okay that we fall down. It's okay, you know, we all do. And oftentimes that falling down ends up being a profound gift, not just for ourselves, but for others too. We teach souls how to become spiritual life coaches. And oftentimes it's the greatest pain that people have been through that becomes the greatest gift. They're able to help others through, help others come out of that dark place. So it's okay. You're not wrong. You're not bad. 
for having those challenges or falling into the hole or or being in the darkness it's all part of the picture it's just that you're responsible for also opening to the light you're responsible for opening to the healing for opening to the gifts and the light that life wants to give you And remember again that the pain is only equal to the amount of light returning. Life is always trying to help us. We have to ask ourselves, what kind of universe do we live in? Is it a benevolent universe? Or is this a dark, evil place where there's no laws or nothing really makes sense? What are we living in? This is a fundamental question. And... We've discovered that this is a benevolent universe. It really is. And there are laws behind things. And things are really trying to help us. They really are. And Ara was just sharing about how it's not your fault. Because when when we think about this, everything that's happened to us in our life... Think about all the unlimited numbers of strange and wondrous occurrences that had to have happened for you to have ended up where you are now. So there, your parents had to come together and give birth to you, but their parents had to come together and they had to go back and back and back and back and back throughout so many generations. So many things had to line up. it's, It's a miracle. I was talking to my dad and he was telling me that him being born was a miracle. His dad was about to be sent off in World War II on a plane to go and fight in a place where loads of people died. And on the way to the airport, there was an accident and his dad had to stop and give his report of what happened in the accident to the police. And during that time where he was talking to the police, the plane left. And as a result of that, he didn't go away He didn't die with the other people and he gave birth to my dad. Just think about this. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here now in this situation. And And then this podcast wouldn't be happening. And you you wouldn't be here. And if you hadn't done something, if your parents, grandparents, great, great grandparents, if you just think back, how many things (laughs) have had to happen for us all to be here right now? And then, and then like the infinite possibilities with each one of us. And then for myself, my grandparents were in the Holocaust. They were in the concentration camps. I mean, the likelihood of surviving that in itself is astonishing. And then, so this is my mom's parents. They were in, she, my grandma had been in the concentration camp. He had been in difficult situations. And then they both had moved to Israel after, not knowing that they both moved to Israel after. This is my mother's parents. You know, moved on with their lives. And my grandmother was listening to the radio one day and heard my grandfather looking for her in Israel on the radio. They both survived the war. They didn't know they both survived the war. They didn't know they were both in Israel. What are the chances she's listening to the radio at that time? You know, and what a miracle. And then of course my mom came and here I am. So 
it's incredible. I mean, these this is just like of the infinite of possibilities of us just being here. It's such a miracle. What a miracle. And then all these things, they all lined up just so that we get this little message that we need to learn to move to the highest good. Isn't that fascinating? Everything's just lining up somehow. So when we realize how profound life is, we really, again, open our palms and recognize I am not in control. I am not the doer. I'm an instrument. And as we surrender, as I open myself to being an instrument for the light, for the highest good, then we're carried, we're carried, we're supported. And with that openness and consciousness, we're open to receive the messages. We're open to move to the, the clarity on how to move through the challenges. What's the significance? We develop that humility, that patience. And then we're able to offer that light and that grace to others as well. So we release that burden from our hearts of, of being the victim, of being wrong, of what's wrong with me, and I did this and I did that. It's like on one on one side is is the shame and the apathy apathy, and on the other side is like the pride and the ego of how great I am. Either side is that lower consciousness, that untruth, that life is trying to clean out of us because it doesn't belong and elevate us into that higher consciousness where we are functioning from a place of love. We're functioning from a place of wonder and miracles and recognition of the miracle of life. Such a blessing. So there's things, bad things can happen to us and we can ourselves do things that are a problem. And in either case, what is the message? What can we learn? So this is the first step in breaking out of these things is to listen and understand. And it, like we were saying, it's not always obvious what it is initially because the ego can be very forceful. I don't know if anyone's had that experience where you kind of feel something's not quite right but there's an attachment to whatever it is. And that's why there are these different levels of pain. Because if we don't get it quickly, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse until we've got no choice. And we have to course correct. So when we're learning these things in life, life's giving us lessons. What is the lesson? When we get the lesson, the next thing is to change direction. And remember, let's say, for example, we've gone a thousand miles in the wrong direction. Let's say we're, we're in a boat and we're a thousand miles off course. When we recognize humbly, okay, I am off course here. And we make that change, that, that change in direction. We might turn around and go back where we came. We might go somewhere else. That one change of direction to act different, to think different, to speak different, to have something different. When we do that, it brings a lot of hope. It brings a lot of wonderful energy because we are now moving in a new direction. The trajectory of our life is different. But also, when we do that, the next day, let's be honest, we're actually not that far away from where we were before. 
but we are at least moving in a new direction. A week later, we're still fairly in the similar place to before, but it's a bit further away. After two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, six months, one year, a year later, you can be in a completely different world with that one change. Completely different world. So this is the power of having that shift in our heart, making that little adjustment, and keeping with it with patience because the longer you stay in this new space, the more you'll move into that beautiful new life. Mm, absolutely. So I think what we'll do is we're going to move into the questions for you. And if you have a pen and paper, this is a beautiful journal exercise that you can write down now and contemplate and also just bring with you into the rest of your day, into your life. So uh, just take a moment and just get something to write with. I think it would be nice for you to have these questions or you can put it on your device. And I'm just going to go through and ask you each question and feel free to write down whatever comes to your awareness now, and then you can spend more time with it later too. Okay, the first one is, what is life asking of me? What is life asking of me? What is life trying to teach me? What is life trying to teach me? integrity with myself? Am I in integrity with myself? Could say capital S, self. with my purpose? Am I in alignment with my purpose? 
And lastly, what do I need to think, speak, and do differently to align with life's calling for me right now? What do I need to think, speak, and do differently to align with life's calling for me right now? So take these questions with you. You may have had some initial feelings, but go into some solitude, some meditation space, and really tune in with them. And I can see one of them needs to be repeated. Can you read that, Michael? That last comment? Which one should I repeat? The first question, the first question, what is life asking of me? What is life asking of me? I believe I learned this one from Viktor Frankl's story who he wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He was a survivor of the Holocaust and the concentration camps. And he would ask himself and in that even that darkest situation what is life asking of me what is my meaning my purpose beyond this he would help himself and others even in that situation find their their why that deep calling of life a reason to live a reason to live that deep why what is life asking of me? Why am I here? Because when we have a clear why, he would say, we can bear almost any how. For him, he wanted to bring his psychology work to the world, and he did. For others there, they wanted to be there for a child or a family member after things ended. So really tuning in with that, what is life asking of me? What is the, your deep reason for being here? And really be in touch with that. And that will guide you. That will guide you. Mm, these are beautiful things to contemplate, to meditate on. Just to let them sit. Just let them to float around in your awareness and in your heart. And the answers will be revealed in perfect timing. It might not happen immediately, but if you keep asking the question and just let go, sooner or later you'll get this flash, <laughs> flash of energy, and you'll, oh my God, there it is. So pay attention when it comes through. So there is secret benefit, secret benefit in everything if we're listening. And when we listen to these answers and when we ask these questions and tune into it, we get a lot of hope, we get a lot of inspiration, we get a lot of energy coming back to us. 
to do the things that we need to do. And as you start doing them, your whole life will start to get better. Little by little, start getting better. You'll feel better. You'll get more energy. You'll get nice reflections from other people, blessings. Things will start to make sense. Things that don't serve you will fall away. And gradually, the issues or the challenges will disappear or get a lot less, or you'll just be able to deal with them much more easily. And that inspiration to produce and to become the highest version of yourself will pull you into your future. Mm. So beautiful, so beautiful. So thank you for being here. What a gift on this sacred day. We will do part two. We will do part two. And next week we'll be on uh, Michael's profile, Michael McIntosh on Insight Timer. Likely be switching off. So we'll be here again the same time and we will do part two. (laughs) And thank you for your beautiful presence. We can't, the screen's pretty far, so we can't see everything you're saying. We wish we could see all your comments. Or your questions, but we'll find a way. And so um, come back and, and we'll... We'll find a way of reading those, have more time and connect with you more. And to just end with a blessing and to really receive this for yourself. Oftentimes part of the healing is in receiving. So may you discover the hidden gift, the hidden message and any darkness in your life and rise into the light of your highest alignment and your highest purpose here. Thank you for your beautiful presence, for being here. We, I already, we already look forward to connecting with you next week. It will be beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many blessings upon your contemplation, your reflection with these questions. And thank you for being a light in our world who has that divine inner inclination towards transformation, towards resurrection, towards rising into the light. You are a gift to us all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your beautiful presence. Keep smiling. Everything's going to keep getting better. And you are a precious gift to this world. Oh my goodness. It's our favorite. Oh, Janaki G. Janaki, our favorite Hawaii soul. Janaki, what a blessing. Talk so much, and I've been thinking about you so much. And I just got back from India, and I'm back on Kauai with a new number. And I'm feeling very inspired to to dive into the month, uh, the weekly Sunday calls with you. And so, such a beautiful inspiration. And oceans of love to you. 
Mm. Oh, such a gift. This just makes this experience complete. It really does. We, you were also thinking of you. We missed you, Janaki. Is she hearing us through the phone? Janaki G is very oh, okay. special soul. Brother Ken. We just, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, just want to say happy Easter. Aww. And uh, I know, uh, yeah, so I want to say happy Easter and also thank you for sharing a little bit about your your journeys with me and all of us. I always enjoy hearing your personal uh, paths and, and uh, challenges, but also also all the blessings. It, it just, it's always um, motivating, inspiring, and it's just, I don't know, I just love hearing it. So thank you for your sharing and honesty. And of course, um, resurrection is a topic dear to my heart. So um, yeah, things being uh, reversed or overturned that seemed like dire circumstances um, and, and uh, unretractable or, yeah, um, circumstances been uh, be, being uh, turned around. So um, I, love, I love that. And, of course, I have my own experiences of that. I'm sure people on the call here have had theirs as well. Um, and uh but anyways yeah i just wanted to just say that and connect with the both of you and everybody on this call mm. oh thank you ken yes blessed easter it's yeah such a special day that the the theme of resurrection is so dear to my heart as well and it's such a profound it's just so profound. And so it feels like a real gift to be with you and be with everyone else and have the blessing and opportunity to share on this and reflect and, you know, really come together in this light. Absolutely. And I, lo I love the message of the, the beneficent, beneficent uh, universe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> love it. Yeah, benevolent universe, trying to restore itself back to order and dharma. And yeah, what a wonder. We certainly have some pretty interesting scenes ahead, that's for sure, <laughs> in the on the world stage. And um, all going back to the light, though, ultimately. So it's good for us to <laughs> ultimately hold that awareness. as far as you know whatever darkness that you know seems to be appearing or has appeared um you know there's a there's a force or power or light that's also coming in that's mm -hmm. uh you know to shine it away and uh mm -hmm. i love that because it can get kind of hopeless um and discouraging to see what's going out in the world but you know that light's isn't being wiped out up the light is just kind of you know it's just where you focus and i just feel like that light's coming in uh, just as strong as, uh, of course stronger like in mm -hmm. michael's experience so um anyways yeah mm -hmm. amen yes <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> beautiful yay well lots of love brother ken happy easter to you and 
let's all really take advantage of this beautiful energy and keep moving forward in that beautiful new direction into our greatness. And it's and it's never never right. We're doing a call until we hear from Ken. So thank you. So thank true. You for your beautiful presence. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Well, what a beautiful call. Beautiful to have your presence. And let, let us all really take these things to heart. We live in a benevolent universe. Life's always trying to teach us something. <laughs> what is it trying to teach us? That's the big question. And what are we going to do about it? And when we do finally get the message and we do finally do the things that we need to do, then we feel different and everything starts to get better, slowly but surely. So wishing everyone happy Easter, lots and lots of love, appreciation for your wonderful vibrations. Have a beautiful day, a beautiful week, and we will be back next time. Oceans of love, many blessings. May you rise into the light and we'll connect soon. Om Shanti. Om Shanti.